Welcome to localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Jenna Konar, and you're listening to Technically Speaking, where we delve into the various aspects of technology as they relate to careers and professional development. Today, we're focusing on women in technology and specifically how women can build their careers in this field. To learn more about this subject, we're speaking with Allison Wagenfeld. Allison is an operating partner at Emergence Capital, which is the leading venture capital firm focused on early and growth stage enterprise cloud companies. She's also the author of the article, Five Career Strategies for Women in Tech, which is the focus of our discussion today. Thanks so much for joining me today, Allison. Great. Happy to be here. So before we dive into this subject, would you be able to tell us briefly about your career in technology and your background in this industry? So I first began working in technology back in 1995 when I was a summer intern at Microsoft between my two years at Harvard Business School. And I was a product manager there in the newly created Microsoft Network Group called MSN. And it was a great time to be at Microsoft because it was also the launch of Windows 95, which I know sounds like a really long time ago, but Mm -hmm. at the time, Microsoft was doing really innovative work and hopefully they are again. And then when I graduated from business school, I went to Intuit, a software company in Mountain View, California. And I was really excited to join there because Intuit was just starting to look at new internet businesses. And a few months after starting at Intuit, I raised my hand to do a business plan for a new offering in the mortgage sector, which we initially called Quicken Mortgage, that then became known as Quicken Loans. And so I helped launch that and run that business for several years at Intuit until we spun it out of the company. And then from there, I went to go work as a second employee at a Kleiner Perkins-backed startup, a company called Greenlight that was focused on the car buying experience for consumers. And I ran product and marketing there. From that point, I then joined the Harvard Business School California Research Center, which was the HBS office out here in California, and spent a number of years writing and researching about technology companies. And then finally, about a year and a half ago, I joined Emergence Capital as an operating partner, the firm working with all of our technology portfolio and marketing and talent and also helping Emergence grow. And I'm somewhat like a COO and what a CMO for the firm. So it sounds like you have a very well-rounded, a lot of different experiences in the technology field. With all of your years of experience, what would you say are the greatest challenges that women in particular face when they're in the technology field? I found that there are kind of two main challenges faced by women in technology. One is what I call a confidence gap, where I find that men and women with the same backgrounds and in the same position often have different views about their own skills and abilities. And often men are a lot more confident and feel that they deserve the promotion, deserve the next role. And women are sometimes more doubtful about their own skills and what they bring to the party. And I find that um, that sometimes can hold women back. I was reading an article over the weekend that Sheryl Sandberg wrote with Adam Grant, a professor. And as they stated in there, that men are more confident, but women are more confident. Mm. And that uh, captured some of that confidence gap that I've seen. I also have seen what is currently being called by Google an unconscious bias, where there seems to be the sense that men are stronger for some reason or another in technology roles, partially tried in probably with the general bias in our country about tech and about math and engineering Mm -hmm. with boys and girls growing into men and women. 
And I think that it's going to be particularly important for us to kind of not only acknowledge this bias, but also everyone speak about why that's not okay and seek to correct it in the coming years. Do you think the unconscious bias is a lot of what leads to the confidence gap, or are there other things that are playing into that as well? You know, I have a hard time figuring out what is causing the confidence gap, but I do see it again and again. And certainly that bias might be part of it. It might be, you know, more of kind of a sociological kind of mindset that boys and girls and men and women are sometimes raised differently, thinking about what they can do. But I have seen that schools like Harvard Business School are really actively trying to address this as well. So I think that once it's noted and addressed, that I think that we'll start seeing that gap close. In your article, the one I had mentioned, Five Career Strategies for Women in Tech, you go through some different tips for women who are looking to build their careers in technology. And I wanted to go through each one, especially for women who maybe are facing this confidence gap or they're just beginning in this industry and so they're looking for advice. And the first one you had mentioned was invest in relationships in all dimensions of your life. So why would you say that investing in your relationships can improve your career? Because I find that the, a career is built through over many years and multifaceted relationships, that it's not just relationships at a given company at any point in time, but it's relationships that may transcend a company that may come with you when you move from one job to another. And it's more natural to kind of want to work with people that you know well and you have really good feelings about. And so when these relationships can transcend a specific job and be more like a broader relationship, I think it will help women over multiple years. And I often find that if you have relationships that are outside of the office, you can sometimes kind of talk more frankly about things or you have more allegiance to people if you know a little bit about their families or a little bit about their life outside of work. And sometimes people will go out of their way to help people that they know through multiple dimensions as opposed to just knowing through that single dimensional plane of working with them. And this type of philosophy of investing in all of your relationships, you could apply this to many different careers, but why would you say that it's especially important for women in the technology industry? I think this ties into the concept that in technology, people tend to move companies frequently, and it's Mm -hmm. often through network job searches when you make a move. And so having relationships that are broad and far-reaching makes it much easier to move into the kinds of companies that you want to move into. And I think that other careers, like maybe in law or something, people tend to stay much longer in the same firm or same company. Could you give us an example maybe of a relationship that you developed outside of work that ultimately became important for your career in the future? Yeah, I think one relationship is actually the one that led me to my role here at Emergence Capital. So I had a personal friend, Anne Green, who I got to know through a book club that I was part of. And I knew her husband, Jason Green, somewhat because we had both been gone to Harvard Business School, but I didn't really know him well. But over the years, I became very close with both Anne and Jason, and my husband and I are both close with them and their families. When I was getting a little restless at HBS after working that role for a number of years, I mentioned something casually to Jason, that I was thinking of making a transition. And it was because I had such a long-standing relationship with him that we started talking about what would make sense for me, which ultimately is what led to my role here at Emergence Capital. 
And even though they didn't have an open job spec at the time, they essentially developed a role that would be able to leverage the skills and experiences that I had developed over the years. Along with developing these relationships and these connections in your career, you also mentioned in your article that it's important for people to seek out high visibility projects when they're in the technology industry. Now, this could seem intimidating for women who are in the early stages of their tech careers, but why would you say it is important to pursue these high visibility projects? Often when you start at a company, there's a lot of people who are at the same level in the mm-hmm. company, except for like a really small startup, but if it, a mid to bigger company. And in order to be distinguished from peers, it helps to do something that might be a little bit riskier, but then might have a bigger reward associated with it. And and by high visibility is a project that people, maybe not just your boss, but your boss's boss might know about or something that's really critical to the mission and growth of the company. And it can help separate you from others at your level and show you in a new light that might not be visible just from the kind of day-to-day work that you're doing. It also is an opportunity when you work on projects outside of your kind of everyday role to meet people in other parts of a company. And those that goes into the kind of building relationships topic that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. So early in your career, were there any high visibility projects that you took on? And how did that pan out for you? So I think the best example of that is when I was at Intuit and I had the opportunity to start the Quicken Loans business. When I first started at Intuit in 1996, I was actually assigned to work at a software called Quicken, which was actually desktop software. And it was on a CD-ROM. And I felt like that wasn't really where the growth of Intuit was. I was much more excited about the internet opportunities because this was early in kind of internet 1.0 days. And I had heard just kind of in the hallways and just talking to people that the chairman of Intuit, Scott Cook, was looking for someone to investigate the mortgage industry to see if that would be a logical area for Intuit to branch out into. Even though I was a brand new associate product manager, like Two months out of business school, I raised my hand and volunteered to investigate this new industry and put together a business plan working with a senior engineer who was actually not even local. Who was, I was in Mountain View, Northern California, and this engineer was in San Diego in Southern California. So it was kind of a high-risk project in multiple dimensions. I was working with someone I'd never worked with before in a topic, mortgages, that I had never, didn't know anything about. I'd never even gotten a mortgage in my life. <laughs> and I was working kind of nights and weekends on this because it wasn't my main job. And I was working directly with the chairman of the company who, so I was like bypassing like five or six levels of the company. So it was certainly high risk on a number of different factors, but it certainly was high visibility because I was working directly with the most senior person, the founder of the company. And for me, this actually panned out really well because the opportunity was interesting. I'm a really entrepreneurial person. So it was an opportunity for me to essentially develop a brand new business and have a company like a well-known company as my backer and have someone like Scott Cook as a board member. I learned how to think about hypothesis-based business decisions from Scott and worked closely with a senior engineer who helped me understand how software is developed and really learned a lot of what I know today about technology from this engineer partner that I worked with named Carl. Ultimately, we launched Quicken Loans and it continued to grow and we ended up working with another company that 
had a lot more mortgage experience. And Quicken Loans today is one of the biggest lenders in the country, in the United States. So it turned out to be a really, really successful project for Intuit. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a great opportunity for you as well. Yeah, it was for me too. And it goes into that, I was talking about before, where I was one of many product managers and Mm -hmm. associate product managers when I started at Intuit. But within two years, I was promoted three times Mm -hmm. to become a director, you know, leapfrogging most of my peers. And by taking on a big risk, I was able to see a lot of opportunity. And so while you're kind of building your career, you're differentiating yourself from other people. At the same time, uh, another point that you had mentioned in your article is that you still want to make time to help others. So what are some practical ways that you would say women in technology can help others in the industry in terms of their careers? I think certainly one is making connections among women who might have things in common or pursuing similar goals. So if you go to a conference and you meet someone that's working on a new initiative and you know somebody else from a different facet of your life who's doing something, you know, setting them up together to meet. I think another one is just going out of your way to say positive things about the women that you interact with. I think it's just always helpful to, you know, help bolster other women. Mm -hmm. So when there's an opportunity to be like, oh, so-and-so's doing something really great, or I was really impressed with the blog post that another woman wrote. I mean, just being able to compliment people in public is really another valuable way to help other women in tech. And one other thing that you had mentioned was as you're going through this process of beginning your career in the tech industry, of course, you want to feed your brain and you want to be researching and increasing your knowledge of the industry. What are some ways that you've been able to increase your knowledge of the tech industry over the years? What have been the most helpful resources for you? So certainly one of them was when I was writing Harvard Business School cases, I did lots of interviews and read lots of interviews and watched YouTube videos of people being interviewed. And I find that overall is a great way, particularly watching like TED Talks, Mm -hmm. is a great way to learn more. And I am finding Twitter increasingly helpful. Initially, I was a little skeptical, to be honest, but I find that a well-curated Twitter feed is a great opportunity to have interesting tech articles bubble up to the surface because it would be impossible to kind of actively read TechCrunch and GigaOM and Forbes and everything every day. Mm-hmm. But a good Twitter feed will help bubble up the most interesting elements for myself. And then the last point that you had mentioned in your article that I wanted to touch on was practice makes progress. And of course, in any industry, practice and making progress is going to be essential to your career. But how would you say that this applies specifically to women in technology? I I think when I was referring to this practice, I was talking a lot about presentations. And I feel like presentations are one of the few opportunities to get a lot of visibility, either within a company or beyond a company. And the more confident that a person can feel, and a woman in particular, in a presentation setting, the better I think that that person will be able to kind of showcase what her competence is. And presentations can be nerve-wracking if you haven't practiced and if you haven't done them actively. So that is one area, even if it's a small presentation to, you know, 15, 20 people at work, or if it's a bigger presentation in front of a room full of people, having an opportunity to go through the deck and feel really confident about the material will make that go much more smoothly and then will help inspire more confidence in that the presenter, the woman in this case. And so it all goes full circle back to the confidence gap that we talked about before. 
as we're wrapping up here, I wanted to give you the floor for this final question of for women in particular or any young professional who's listening, who's starting off their their career in the technology industry, what bit of advice would you give them? Maybe something that you wish you would have known or something that you found valuable over the years in your career in technology. What is something that you would like to tell them as a final bit of advice? I think that women in general are averse to being self-promotional at all. And I don't mean to say that a woman should kind of run around the office saying, I did all these greatest things and this is why I'm the best. But I think that being able to kind of advocate for yourself is really important at work. And if you don't point out your successes, other people might not know about them. And I have found over the years working with men and women that men tend to be much more comfortable very quickly in conversations pointing out things that they have done well. Mm -hmm. And women tend to shy away from doing that, feeling that it's not a socially acceptable to talk about past successes. And I think that women in general should feel a little bit more comfortable doing that. And, you know, when done well, that it will be very helpful in having other people perceive you in a more positive light if you can point out areas that you've done, been successful. And with that final message, we will wrap up today's episode of Technically Speaking. We've been speaking with Allison Wagenfeld of Emergence Capital on the topic of career strategies for women in technology. Thank you again for coming on the show today, Allison. Thank you so much. I enjoyed talking with you. And we like to hear your opinions as well. So send us your comments or suggestions for show ideas to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter under at the LJN. Once again, I'm Jenna Konar, and thanks for joining us.